0: Yeah.
1: everyone. Welcome to the afternoon. It is time for the call. 10 stocks you suggest we take a look at. I put it to an expert panel and uh, we do it all in 60 minutes. I chuck in a stock of the day and it's a very warm welcome to you all. Uh, Broadcasting live, of course, from our Brangaroo studios. Uh, And what a team we have uh, to take us through your stocks today. Carl Kapelinga from Think Markets in WA joining us. Carl, how are you?
2: Very well. Thanks, Koshy. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. A
1: couple of days I've been sort of watching you on AusBiz at different times talking about your, your black candles and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> there's a freaking <laughs> load of black candles at the
2: moment, aren't there? Ah, <laughs> uh, there's far too many. There's more that I'd like to uh, like to see, unfortunately, Koshy. <laughs> but uh, you know, look, hey, with that comes opportunity. So uh, the, the next white candle might be just around the corner.
1: Okay. Well, let's see if we've got a couple in the stocks today. Um, Uh, Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial, how are you sir? I'm good, Koshi,
2: good
0: to see you
1: back. How are you coping, how are clients at the moment?
0: Oh, uh, are they a, a bit nervous? A bit? You get you get a mix of people, right? You get people who've been invested in the markets for a long time and they've seen the ebbs and flows and they're happy to ride the cycles. The biggest issue for us is, you know, more newer clients, clients that have come on the last 12 months or yeah. last six months and they haven't got off to the best start. There's no two ways about it. So it's just about allaying some of those nerves. Um, one thing we have been doing for clients is offering up the opportunity to go into a little bit of cash and right. even um, look at things like the inverse leveraged ETFs that are out there, ah. such as B BBUS, there's a NASDAQ one, SNAS, and that's a good way for clients that can partially hedge their portfolios or fully hedge their portfolios right. without having to exit existing positions where they might incur capital gains. It's not for everyone. Some clients no. are happy to... So there are ETFs where you can sort of short the market. Basically, so say the NASDAQ falls 1%, this particular ETF, the SNAS, that will go up between 2 and 2.5%. Ah. So... It's one way you can sort of help yourself sleep a little bit easier at night if yes. you are worried about those fluctuations. It's yeah, that's interesting. And you can always, you know, exit those positions, use the cash and re-enter the market down the track yeah. in certain positions that might be on your watch list. But, yeah, it's, look, they're the sorts of conversations we're having at the moment because I think the uncertainty is definitely elevated. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if there's more downside. Um, fingers crossed there's not, but there's definitely that prospect given yeah. That, that, yeah, the future's really unclear at the moment. Yeah.
1: Uh, Carl, what about Think Markets clients, uh, are they a bit nervous and, and what are your charts showing? Are they, are they saying, you know, this
2: is the bottom or it's levelling out? Uh, no, I don't think it's the rough. bottom. Uh, look, the clients, uh, look at broad church of clients, we've got everything from the longer term self-managed super fund styles to the ones that kind of follow my analysis a bit more closely the a bit more short term, want to get in and out. But uh, look, my rhetoric for the last few months, uh, Koshi, and I've been on Osby's a number of times yep. telling people to be careful that the, the bull market in the US was over. I've been saying that since January. Um, what's caught us off guard a little bit is the fact that our market was so strong whilst th- those markets were peeling off. So what what I've been saying is, look, keep cash levels high. Some clients followed, some clients didn't. Clients that did, they're pretty happy, and we've been taking very small strategic bets in uh, just charts. So just. Bottom left, top right, and just writing those. So some of the coal plays are extremely well. Some of the lithium yeah. plays did really well. Managed to get them out uh, pretty much in time. So there's lots of little hot areas of the market that they're, um, you know, you can take advantage of. But otherwise, no, it's a very cautious approach. Your question about whether we've hit the bottom yet, I don't think so. And uh, these things take a little bit of time sometimes to play out, and there may still be a bit of downside, particularly in those US markets. Which then, you know, what they say, obviously, US gets a, yeah. gets a sneezes, and then Australia gets cold, so uh, they still still yeah. need to be very cautious. Still very uncertain. Yep,
1: alright. Uh, the stocks we're going to take a look at and put to the panel uh, in the first half hour, Baby Bunting, uh, Miso Blast, Nickel Mines, West African Resources and Ordinate. There is a good mixture There is As a stock of the day, I thought we'd take a look at CSR delivering a 20% bump in full year earnings. Strong growth in building products, chalking the result up to strong opportunities operational execution and high demand company declared final dividend 18 cents a share sees group earnings being supported by contracted property transactions over the next three years um, so shares popping into the uh, to the green so this morning up almost three percent on a lackluster day um carl what did you think of uh, the update the result and csr, uh, CSR shares at these levels
2: yeah, look it's very it's very strong results. Um, but yeah, I mean look at building is booming at the moment, obviously. Um, but it is you know, it's hard to get the stuff you require. And we did a few renovations not that long ago. And just the delays and the delays and the delays and the, uh, the cost overruns, not from our side, but from the builder side, just gives you an idea of some of the background environment in which they're operating. So I think it was a really uh, commendable performance, all things considered. Look, you know, CSR, is, uh, it's not about what they've done. It's all about what's going forward. Can that activity uh, continue at the current pace? Uh, can it improve to continue to grow earnings? Uh, can it find those sort of operational um, you know, synergies and savings along the way to keep that those costs uh, fairly muted uh, and then take advantage of uh, the higher activity. And I'm going to go uh, probably yes, yes, yes on most of those things. Uh, I think the, the little bit of a, a question mark now is that obviously once the RBA now has started lift off is just getting a little bit more clarity on, on how fast and how high they'll go. Markets expecting two and a half percent by Christmas. Uh, I'd be Shocked if that were to occur, but then it's going to have a flow through, obviously, to your um, your mortgage rates, your um, construction activity, house prices as well. So, I would say risk reward is fairly balanced here on CSR. Our valuation is uh, it's basically here; it's almost actually at it today. So, I think fairly valued, risk rewards fairly fairly balanced, and the chart is actually showing that. I think the chart is a great reflection of the fundamentals quite often, and it's sideways. I mean, if you draw a line across that chart from the start to the finish, it's almost exactly at the same point. One benefit for your longer term holders is your 6% or so fully frank dividend yield. Uh, Look, on that basis, if you are that longer term holder, you're a bit more of a yield play. I was going to say capital stability for a cyclical stock. Uh, Maybe not. Um, I can see a reason to hold it. Otherwise, it's just not something that um, our, our more growth oriented clients are going to be looking for.
0: Okay, uh, Michael, CSI? Carl um, makes a, a good point. The chart sort of reflects the fundamentals. And in many ways, you look at things like revenue, you look at things like earnings, dividend per share, they're all very stable going throughout the years. So it's quite a, a mature business. And even despite um, these incredible building conditions that we've experienced, you can see the share price really hasn't done much, even mm. though that's, that's all played out. The company is in a decent position these days. There has been a lot of industry consolidation. Um, they've reduced a lot of the debt off their balance sheet. So that the company is in a healthier position than it has been in the past. <clears throat> but going forward, given where we are... In the interest rate cycle, I would be cautious going forward because it's unlikely the conditions that have played out in the last couple of years will be replicated going forward. Um, today's result headline number was up, I think, 86% for net profit. Yep. But that was recognising some capital losses from previous years, so a lot yeah, of one-off right. items driving that. So do keep that in mind. Right. Um, it's Look, it's not a company that, that we get too excited about. Um, it's a stable, mature company that pays a decent dividend. Uh, but I don't think over the long term you're going to get too much capital gains. Okay. Yeah.
1: Alright, uh, let's get into the stocks that you've suggested we take a look at a Michael Penny wants of your baby bunting, Australia's biggest special specialty retailer of maternity and baby goods uh, catering for parents with children, newborn to three years of age, everything from car safety to well, I'm a grandparent, we're grandkids in that age group so I buy there all the time and usually they see grandparents coming and taking to the Mercedes-Benz of every <laughs> item for a baby. Uh, so, and we're suckers enough that we, we actually pay that. Um, Michael, what do you reckon of baby
0: bunting? Yeah, look, it's a, a very high-quality uh, retailer. It's been growing nicely, achieving operational uh, leverage as well. Um, the business has about 25% of sales these days coming from online, so they've got a, a big foothold in that e-commerce space. That part of their business is growing very quickly as well. Um, It's definitely a company which has made the most of of the COVID situation and seems to have come out of it in a pretty good position, still maintaining some of those good, strong numbers. Look, we get a little bit cautious of these retailing type companies because they do tend to come and go. They tend to be in fashion and in vogue and then fizzle out over time. But look, I must admit, Baby Bunting has done a very good job. The balance sheet looks very good. They've got about 60 stores in Australia, looking to get that up to about 100 and then about 10 in New Zealand. So there is that rollout growth trajectory that you can see playing out in the years to come. Um, They've also opened up their own distribution centre now that they've got size and scale. And that's also helped keep margins high and growing and and reduce some of their costs. So there is a lot to like about this company, although I'm not going to give it a buy um, just because it's typically not the type of business that we would invest in. So happy to to give it a hold, although be careful because in this environment that negative trend that you see there could really continue to play out and could even accelerate if we get a few more bad days overseas. So it's a hold to a sell. Um, If it was normal market conditions, I'd give it a hold, but look, it could be a sell if that trend does continue.
1: All right, I'll I'll tell you what, uh, Carl, we had
0: Accent Group on
1: the call yesterday. Uh, Baby Bunting has a lot better chart than Accent (laughs) Group at the moment, (laughs) let me tell you. It was a disaster.
2: Yeah, no. I actually uh, coincidentally had a look at that in my um, my client webinar yesterday. Accent Group, as you say, it's uh, top left, bottom right. Yeah. Uh, how do you go? How do you go with the car seats, Kosh? You are getting those in? You need an oh, engineering degree. Yeah, to do no, that. no. Well, I <laughs> I just hand the car seat over. I've let the parents put it in. Let me tell you. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but look, you're making a few a few good points in your introduction. Uh, you know, it. it it's in the discretionary sector, baby bunting. And I think that's why it's largely suffered over the last sort of six months because that sector it has been going down. We talk about accent, we talk about a number of those discretionary retailers struggling uh, on the basis of higher input costs, tight labour markets, supply chain shortages, inflation, expectations of lower spending, you know, like just hit, 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 hit to the sector. Now, baby bunting, I don't really think really fits in this sector because I don't know how discretionary the spending is. And if you look at their numbers, their numbers are holding up really, really, really well, Uh, like you say, you go in there and you're not necessarily going to skimp especially if you're a newbie parent uh, on the uh, on the stuff you tend to kid out the first kid really well second kid maybe not as much or if you're a, a grandparent as well you tend not to skimp so you know pretty um pretty stable sort of business and we talked about csr first up and i said oh look it's a very stable business the charts very sideways but you know great yield maybe if you're that sort of investor see i'd much rather go for something like this i think the valuation's much better here because there is actually some nice growth in the business we talked about store rollouts but i just think you know it's it's in It's it's in a good area of the economy anyway. Um, So I think it's pretty cheap. I've got a fair value target of about 453, which is, you know, about 10, 11% uh, upside based on yesterday's price, uh, not today's price, however. And uh, a good yield, sort of about 4% fully frank. So tick, tick, tick. The only thing is the chart. So it's one of those ones I come on the show and I say, hey, I like it. But then I look at the chart and I go, hmm, okay, I can't buy it. So that's all I need. That's the final piece of the puzzle. I just need the chart to start to turn up, show some signs that demand is coming in that the market is starting to re-rate this one and then I'll be happy to upgrade it to a buy. But on the basis of the the, the valuation, uh, I'm happy to go a whole
1: it, it was it was very funny yesterday on the call. Your your name was thrown in on Accent oh, Group, as both Henry uh, Jennings from Marcus today and Rudy Philippic Van Dyke from FN Arena, uh, they have Accent Group as a deep value buy at the moment. Oh, okay. But they said, lucky you don't have Carl on because he'll look <laughs> at the chart and go, nah, not even touching no. it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm a trend follower, so I need an uptrend to get it, get interested. It tells me that the market's interested. I think that's it's a great um, it gives you great confidence, I think, but it also gives you a bit of firepower in the background as well. Right. Okay. So, but you'd have a hold on Baby Bunting at the moment. Um. Yeah. And this is where you know I do both. So I, I look at the company, I understand the value within the company, and then I let the chart decide. So uh, the, the, the the valuations it's something on my watch list, but I need the chart to turn up. Okay.
1: All right. Um, Carl Harrison wants a view on blast. Well, this is a company Johnson. that, that re- <laughs> reads like a novel, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> it uh, develops allergenic cellular medicine for the treatment of yep. a whole range of uh, diseases and respiratory diseases as well. Um, very volatile company uh, during the pandemic and sort of um, had a different story every quarter, didn't it? And uh, and share price would rise and fall on the basis of that. What do you think
2: of it now? Yeah, I mean, just uh, post-pandemic, it had some um, some aspirations towards some COVID-related treatments. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, again, in that environment, there was so much money sloshing around the markets from new entrants uh, coming in, and uh, we had lots of stimulus, and the savings were high, and people were stuck at home, Koshi. So they had not much else to do, but get onto your Facebook groups and your hot coppers and all those other chat rooms and just punt stocks. And what it did, it just created this huge bubble uh, in certain particular names and Miso Blast was one of them because what you need to get one of those momentum based bubbles is just a half decent story more often yeah. than not and then if the price goes up then it drags in more buyers, why? Because the price is up and then it drags in more buyers and more buyers and eventually you get to the point where um, there, there's not enough meat coming into the grinder uh, to facilitate the sausage getting bigger and the, the accumulated profits from people who are in early is just too great uh, and then supply demand, excess supply not enough demand and the prices can plummet. And I'm gonna use this one as a cautionary tale because it's exactly what you need to be careful of if you're coming into the market. Don't just chase that shiny new thing that everybody's talking about the chat room, okay? Understand what the business does, understand if there's value there, and also importantly, learn how to read a chart. So if the momentum some changes, you can protect your money by pulling it out. Um, It's it's, uh, top left, bottom right. The chart looks horrific. They've got a bunch of things cooking at the moment in terms of phase three trials, I think two phase, three is one phase two the one that's closest to market they're actually selling they're actually or well, they're not selling but they're getting royalties from a partner in japan they're trying to get fda approval in the us that's the one that will help but even then the revenues from that will be slow to arrive and not prevent the cash burn. The cash burn, we're talking about $15 million a quarter and they've been doing everything they can to bring that down because it was $25 million a quarter not that long ago. I think they've got about three quarters of money left in the bank before they're either going to have to tap shareholders yet again or, or hit their debt facilities. Um, I, the last time I was on the show, I, I, I said sell. I can't even see reason. It's, it's much lower than then even and I'm still going to go sell on the chart. Okay. All right. Uh, yes, you mentioned the chat rooms.
1: Uh, Michael, this was a favourite on some of the, which are lovingly uh, called the pump and dump platforms, was
0: it, would <laughs> say? This has been around for years and years and, and yep. always been a, a hot stock um, at various times. Like you can see from the charts, it's been so volatile. Yep. Um, what they're trying to achieve is a very noble and good thing, basically looking to find ways of treating chronic heart disease, for instance, and different inflammatory-type diseases. Um, they basically extract bone marrow from healthy patients and do all these sorts of things yeah. to it in order to create their treatment. And the problem is, although they have some income coming in these days from royalties, they need to get this FDA approval over and done with in the US. And back end of last year, the FDA, um, through that, particular trial out or at least rejected it initially. So they're trying to go back through the process again and go through that approval approval process. Um, and that's what often creates the volatility. You know, as you sort of lead into the trial results, the market price will go up as yep. people are hoping for the positive outcome. But more often than not, probably these things get rejected and then you see the share price come back 50, 60, 70%. So in many ways it's a bit of a binary outcome. If they're able to achieve the clinical trial results that they're they're required to by the FDA and they can then commercialize the treatment then there probably is rivers of gold at some stage down the track, but it's a very long process to get there yep. uh, and it's fraught with different risks. So from my standpoint it's way too risky, uh, way too volatile, um, so I'll give it a, a sell. Okay,
1: alright. Um, David wants to view uh, Michael on Nickel Mines. They had the uh, recent anna- announcement with Angel Nickel Resources. It's Nickel Mines, a low cost producer of Nickel Pig Iron. Uh, David says with high nickel prices and the recent volatility due to the short covering of the uh, NIC nickel mines, is it a buy? I personally have a fairly high risk tolerance, happy to hold through volatility as I'm only 32 years old and only invest with spare capital. David, I love that, <laughs> But you describe what sort of investor you are, which really helps the panel.
0: Yeah, so basically a good quality, low cost producer um, of nickel. Uh, Nickel's obviously got a big shot in the arm recently with what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. Um, They do have a a series of different assets, um, some in Indonesia, I think. And the production numbers have been very, very good. Um, So there's a lot to like about this as a pure nickel producer. Um, But as always with these sorts of companies, you have to be pretty careful about the different cycles that are out and about. Um, Typically in an inflationary environment, particularly an inflationary and slowing growth environment, really the only asset class or area of the market that does well are commodity producers. Um, so that could be something to keep an eye at if we do go through a stagflationary environment um, something like nickel you would you would think based on history would do better relatively speaking compared to other parts of the market and this would be a decent exposure if you wanted that so look they've got a lot of projects um, the recent sort of acquisition or, or news about the increased capacity is a positive sign they're ramping up production numbers and capacity um, their costs so far have been relatively under control Control, which is a positive as well, particularly in this inflationary environment. So I'm going to give it a hold um, <laughs> because it is a decent quality um, producer. But, I mean, if you start to see the nickel price pick up again and you start to see inflation running rampant, it could definitely become a buy.
2: OK. Uh,
1: Carl, nickel binds?
2: Yeah, I think, um, as you said, David provides us with sort of with, with his uh, his outlook and his risk level, which absolutely does help. But it does actually... Um, Uh, help me understand whether this is you know, right for him. Of course, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Uh, but it's a fascinating company. It's one we follow very, very closely here at Think Markets. Uh, we've had a, uh, a a buy on and off from about 60 cents. And you know, I think I have mentioned it on the call before. Uh, so I, I could spend a whole episode on this. So these guys are producing uh, nickel, as Michael says, out of Indonesia. The reason why their costs are able to be so low is yeah, cheap labour, but cheap power. So there's a lot of uh, coal around there in Indonesia. So this is kind of what you have to get past. And this is one of the key impediments is on on the uh, if you run the esg filter on this you, you would run a mile so uh, bhp you've seen all the glossy ads out there about how they're reinventing the future with their nickel production and all the wonderful things it's going to do uh with the you know renewable energy future right well that's because bhp has significant production of um, uh, nickel sulfide which can be used in uh, electric batteries and these guys are more producing nickel uh, for, for the construction industry nickel to go and sustain the steel production okay so that that's pretty much exclusively what they do. So it's a very different sort of company. And then you tack on to the fact that they are burning coal uh, to do to, to, to make it. So they, they mine it from, uh, they've got a mine there in Indonesia. And then there was this huge industrial park built by Singshan Holdings, which they've then uh, gone in sort of uh, as, a, as a joint venture to, to purchase right. some of the uh, production capacity uh, to, to produce the nickel, nickel metal. And uh, long story short, uh, they're looking to double production with the addition of Angel and then add another 50% on top of that double production uh, with the addition of Oracle. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's... uh call it oracle yeah, Oracle, and um so of course every time they have this huge step up of production there's there's more power that needs to be burnt uh from from coal so keep that in mind and, and that may explain why with nickel prices soaring it hasn't done as well because you need uh you know you need that broad-based demand to make it to make it go up um but otherwise look it all checks out it, it's it's Cheap in terms, it's it's in terms of you know the valuation, in terms of the cash flows, in terms of the growth, uh, is bottom left, type right, top top-right growth trajectory. Um, and I'm trying to find reasons why the chart's being held back, and then I think I've explained those. Uh, but otherwise, look, we, we're still very positive towards the stock, and I would say if you've got it, hang on to it. I would say um, for Dave, if you've that longer-term hold, holder, I think this, is, this could be a portfolio stock. If you can get over those um, ESG concerns, I would wait till it closes above, say, 135, because that would just tick that chart back up and give us the momentum to potentially say we're in that next phase. So hold it if you've got it, wait for a close Above one thirty-five, uh, as as uh, and we would then go back to a buy. So we're a whole, We'll go back to a buy on that uh, close above okay. one thirty-five.
1: All right. Um, similar sort of um, question on West African resources, Carl. Um, David saying currently hedge producing gold. However, its recent cash flow statement what is, wasn't as good as the previous, which uh, has David a little concerned. Is it a good time to be holding a gold producer like this, or is it simply too risky? I personally have, uh, again, high tolerance, happy to hold his only 32 years of age, as he said, before so uh, um had a big run up over the last five years eased off recently
2: yeah it's the same it's the same david so just for for viewers it's the same person we're talking about um yeah look i think nickel mines is the far more exciting one so if, if david's looking for that portfolio stock long term you know it could be multiple baggers in the long run That's nickel mines. West African resources is ultimately going to ebb and flow more on the gold price, uh, which is not looking fantastic at the moment. There's all sorts of problems with gold because interest rates have have, have just rocketed and gold doesn't have a yield. And this whole idea was going to be this great safe haven. It just hasn't played out. So there's a few people, I think, caught long or a few funds caught long in gold, and that just hasn't worked out for them. Having said that, just because the gold price isn't great doesn't mean gold stocks can't do well. It helps. But it'll come down to the, um, the the financials, you know, how much money they're making and, and what they're valued at in the market. On that basis, I think West African Resources is pretty fairly valued. It's probably on the right side of cheap. Um, it's one of those uh, bottom mid-tier producers. They're so in about 200,000 ounces per annum. They do have a, a, a new project about to come on, Kiaka. So it's uh, all in um, West Africa, uh, uh, Koshi, that they're producing, which is a, is actually a very stable uh, gold production region. Uh, Perseus is over there. Um, looters over there. So I'm not worried about right. where they're producing. Uh, but, yeah, look, uh, the, the reasonable uh, cost base there, it's probably just on the right side of average, sort of around about thousand eleven hundred dollars $1,100 US an ounce. The average, by the way, is about a sort of $1,100. Uh, and, you know, solid cash flows at the moment. And and as I said, a reasonable valuation. So, you know, investment case, let's get to the point here, Carl. Um, I, I think there's enough in it uh, to, to, to call it a hold. The chart looks pretty solid, um, you know, bottom right. left, top right um I'm, i don't know if i'm getting to a buy though it's just not the most exciting yep. one out there in necessarily in the space or necessarily um in terms of uh you know against uh, other sectors so hold not buy uh, michael west african
0: yeah, resources it, it's an interesting one um it's operating in a region of west africa where the likes of newmont um you know Barrick, kinross these sorts of Pedigree type companies, so there's obviously a lot of gold getting around in that area, and they've had some very good discoveries, some some low lowish um, cost, high grade type discoveries. Um, They're all in cost of production around the 1,000 Aussie dollars per ounce. Um, Their production is expected to basically double over the next three years. So that's the big sort of kicker for them. They do expect production to fall next year and and, um, their cost to increase, which is what a lot of the miners have actually experienced in the last sort of 12 months or so. Because It's been quite interesting. You've seen the gold price really hold up relatively well, yet a lot of the gold producers have fallen by 30, 40, 50 percent from their highs. 12 months or so ago, if you look at the likes of Evolution and Northern Star, etc., that falls into that camp. So. Relatively speaking, this one has held up pretty well. Um, typically, our preference, though, is for Australian-based unhedged producers. Uh, West African Resources is unhedged, but it's obviously based in Africa. The reason we like Australian-based producers is they incur their costs in Australian dollars, and then they sell their gold in US dollars. Okay. So when you get a situation like we've seen where the Aussie dollar comes back, and even below 70 cents briefly the other day, Uh, they actually get a a bit of a kicker. Right. Um, So that is something that we do do prefer. Um, Look, the gold price, who knows where it goes from here. You would think that rising interest rates would be a bit of an anchor on the gold price. Obviously, bonds now become a far more attractive alternative than they were to gold as a safe haven um, position. Uh, However, inflation is meant to be supportive for gold, although that's a bit debatable looking at long term. So it's hard to say with any certainty where this company is going to go. For that reason, I'm just going to give it a a sell. And if you want to pick up a a gold producer, something like a Northern Star, a Revolution, uh, even a Silver Lake, pretty high-quality businesses who have withstood different cycles in history um, and are are well truly back from where their their peaks were 12, 18 months ago.
1: Okay. Uh, Michael, Melanie, we're getting away from resources now to uh, to ordinate the uh, big digital audio networking uh, technology. They have a thing called Dante, which... uh, Um, was first used in a Barbara Streisand concert in 2008. It was developed (laughs) by engineers and it sort of syncs up video with audio. They've got a pretty big moat. It's used by a lot of uh, big producers of uh, audio equipment around the world uh, and has been absolutely hammered. What do you think of
0: Ordnate? It's one that we like a lot and have a lot of people in and we've done poorly, particularly in recent months. Um, it's a very high quality business, and a very high quality product um, with a lot of potential to do very, very well. And, and the problem is just as this company was really starting to hit its straps. You had COVID kick in and there's no outdoor concerts or live entertainment or anything along those lines. And then after COVID, you had the supply chain issues. So Audinate's got a huge backlog of demand. They're just struggling to meet that with supply chain because they can't get their hands on these microchips. But the business itself is very, very interesting. Effectively, it places a little protocol in different electronic equipment, allowing these pieces of equipment to talk to each other without the need for the cords and the cabling. Yeah. So it's a very strong, powerful Bluetooth. Bluetooth um, is a is a cooperative. Um, ordinate is a, obviously a private company, and in many ways is becoming a bit of a monopoly in terms of new electronics yep. created and brought to market. Um, if it's Yamaha, Toshiba, Bosch, any of those large electronic type companies, their new products are now incorporating more and more um, this Dante protocol and. And the nearest competitor of Ordinate not even really within Cooee in terms of the adoption rates. I think Ordinate's, you know, the adoption rate of their particular protocol is, uh, I think, got up to about 17 or 18 times the nearest competitor. But the way this business works, uh, it takes some time for when, you know, one of the big electronics companies uses this protocol before Ordinate gets paid. Uh, So you should start to see the earnings really pick up in the years ahead. Uh, they're also moving into the digital visual space as well. Just historically, they've been more audio focused. Yep. That's a new product line. So, we continue to like the business. Um, the environment's not great for it in terms of the share market. Uh, the fact that techs, uh, you know, off the off the nose significantly, but. We think this is definitely a company you want to have on your watch list. If you don't already hold it, you can look and wait for an opportunity to jump in once the, the sentiment, broadly speaking, gets gets a little bit better. The chart looks horrendous. Wouldn't be surprised if it continues to fall away, if the NASDAQ <laughs> continues yeah. to fall away. But at some point, this is one that I think you would want to okay. have a look at. So-, so I'm going to give it... A, a long term buy, if you're looking out, you know, two, right. three years, I think you'll be fine. Uh, what happens in the next six to, six to 12 months um, is anyone's guess. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, Carl?
0: Yeah, <laughs> where do we go? Uh,
2: the chart. Start with the chart, maybe. Um, look, I agree with everything Michael said uh, on the on the what the company does. And uh, hey, don't get me wrong, I love it too. I think it's a brilliant business. That you know is the gold standard, as he says. Uh, new products are coming out now in the audiovisual space. You know, they're compatible with Dante. I mean, it's it no, I cannot argue uh, about um, the the prospectivity of the business. But if um, if on mass. Uh, there's very little demand. So people who have money, uh, they don't want to buy the business right now for whatever reason. Uh, and then there are, are holders who are going, there's too much risk in this compared to the reward. I have to get out. You're going to get more supply than demand and you get that price. So uh, again, the cautionary tale about uh, just, just being able to know when those trends are changing because, you know, it was hot back when tech stocks were hot. You know, so yep. it was you know synonymous with that rally. And then um, November 22, Jerome Powell gets reappointed. Overnight turns from a dove to a hawk and interest rates spike and the NASDAQ unravels uh, and so does this one. So uh, well, I, I think it'll be by some stage, as Michael says, it's just a matter of where. So if you say, well, long-term buy in a few years, it'll be fine. Uh, it could be four, it's five now, say five, four, three, two uh, before you get to that point where it starts to turn around, uh, in which case it needs to then, what, double to get back to where it is. So I, I'm not on that, um, I'm not in that boat. I, I can't take that risk uh, with my clients money i have to say that this is a good company it puts it on our, our radar and when the signs uh, arrive that demand is returning that's when we'll start to put it on our shopping list but until then uh, i i can't get to i can't even get to a hold and and it pains me because i love the business so much to call it a sell yeah. but on the basis of the chart I so many love it, <laughs> it must
1: have been, yep, i must admit i have do. it in my little uh super portfolio and um, this is one of the ones, my good stocks that I've just been nibbling at and
2: adding to at lower prices. Trading at 148 times FY24 earnings, you know that's still high. Even yeah, it's, high. it's halved in value, and it's still crazy high. So, yeah. what is, what is the real value of these things once that that hot air comes out from that post-COVID um, rally? Yeah. And it, it, the only way Quite it's not, as good as it is, all of those people that keep telling you to buy it, are they are they buying it? Because they better do something. They better get out there now and start actually buying it because that's the only thing that's going to turn this yeah. around. We can't yeah. all be just saying, "Oh, it's a great business. Hang on to it." Because where's the Line coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good point.
1: All right, let's uh, recap the uh, the first five stocks. Uh, stock of the day was CSR. After uh, they reported this morning, Carl has a hold, Michael, a no on it. Uh, baby bunting, uh, a hold to a sell for Carl. Um, same with Michael, hold to a sell on baby bunting. Miso blast a sell from both. Nickel mines, a hold from both for Carl. Um, good quality nickel, pure play nickel buying it. Carl uh, on the charts saying if it gets above dollar thirty-five, then maybe looking at buying it then. West Africa resource a hold from Carl, a sell from Michael and ordinate a no from Carl and uh, Michael has it as a long time, a long term buy um, if you're willing to wait two to three years. Uh, here on the call we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund uh, which is picked by our investment committee you can see the latest episode of the committee on ausbiz.com let's check the portfolio update recently tab court dominoes ardent ledger and tyro were added this month Uh, so our fund since the first of march sort of really tracking the market a bit down uh, almost eight percent so keep sending in your requests to the call because that's the first filter for it to
2: go up to the investment committee
1: All right, this half hour, Acro Formwork, Construction, Lifestyle Communities, Nova Next, Pushpay and Seek are on the frame. Um, uh, Carl, what do you think of uh, Acro Formwork and Construction? Uh, the uh, uh, seems uh, our viewer says seems to be in a sweet spot, providing major formwork and scaffolding for large infrastructure progress. Um, projects across all the Australian states at the moment uh, fully frank dividend of 4.7% given the stellar results and flagged huge growth is there anything I'm missing on why it's uh, being
2: a bit muted at the moment yeah uh, and when you say, is there anything I'm missing, you're speaking on behalf of... Um, uh, the viewer. The, the, yeah, the viewer, yeah. So, uh, and, and uh, I, I was pretty sure uh, David asked me this question last time I was on, uh, right. was over a year ago, talking about Acro. And at the time I said, look, it was the same thing I'm saying now. Yeah, look, the fundamentals look amazing. The valuation looks great. The, the growth that's in the business, um, it, it, the momentum that they have is is, is astounding. It's just, I just needed the chart to turn up and um, check my records. Uh, 9th of September... Uh, 2021. Uh, And then it it subsequently did turn up. So we upgraded it to a buy on that basis. Uh, We're still still at that. It's been disappointing over the last few days, though. So you can see just that dip at the end, it's just brought it back a little bit. Because otherwise, the trend is pretty good, you know, bottom left, top right. Um, But I think that that dip over the last few days, well, number one, obviously, the the market got belted anyway. Uh, But number two, you can see how sketchy some of that price action is. So it's a pretty thinly traded stock. So sometimes when the market um, obviously sells off, and and, and in a stock that where the liquidity is very low, you can get those sharp moves. I think it's more to do with that than anything too sinister, because nothing's really changed in the fundamentals for this. So happy to continue to back it. Um, As David says, I think he's a bit of an ardent supporter of this one, Koshi, because Uh, he says, look, for for profit upgrades, I think in the last 12 months, um, you know, he's saying, look, if any other stock did that, it'd be going through the roof. So we just need a couple of reasons David made why it's not. So number one, it is a highly cyclical stock. And that means it tends to have a much lower PE applied to it than other stocks. So, uh, whilst Ordinate might be trading, uh, and the market might have been happy two months ago to pay 150 times earnings, um, this one will never be, it probably won't even get into double digits. So currently it's on about seven times uh, this year's earnings. For six times next year, five times a year after that, um, Koshi, it's trading at 1.2 times enterprise value to revenue uh, one times, inter- so you, you basically, the enterprise value wow. is the revenue. I mean, these yep. are astronomically low uh, yep. valuation metrics. Return on equity is about 20%. Uh, yeah. So tick, 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 tick. But, but it's because it's cyclical. Uh, and sometimes we get in our minds, we look at these companies and we only see the wonderful things and we and we look at the stock with our eyes, but we don't look at the stock with the market's eyes. So the market Naturally, um, pays a lower price for these. Having said all that, I think it's crazy cheap. We've got a fair bit target of sixty-three cents, um, and that's really conservative. And with the trend still pretty much intact, I'm going to retain uh, our buy on this one.
1: Yeah, a buy on this one. Okay. Yes.
0: Okay, Michael. <laughs> I'm not sure why David's complaining that much. We just had you know ordinate on the screen showing you how poor performing that's <laughs> been. This company's performed really well in what's been a, a tough market. So you can't be too too upset, I don't think. Um, look, this company seems to be doing all the right things. I think probably Carl and David know more about it th- than I do. But when you do delve into the balance sheet and look for things that you may or may not be missing, you look at things like the free cash flow. The free cash flow of this business has been in decline the last couple of years. Um, so, when you, you know, there's that old saying revenue uh, is, is vanity, <laughs> earnings is. Is, um, what is, it? Is, sanity. This, is sanity and then right. cash flow is reality. Think, Often yeah. the market will look at free cash flow and say, okay, this company's signing all these contracts... They're getting a lot of revenue booked in, and so you've got to be careful sometimes with contract accounting just to make sure that those contracts that are being signed and the revenue that's being accounted for is actually then flowing through with cash uh, at some point. So, look, that's just me having a bit of a look at the balance sheet to try and work out what people might be missing because, as you say, the the updates have been very good, Um, the company continues to grow very nicely, the construction boom continues to unfold, so that could be one little thing that might be causing a little bit of hesitancy. it does look very cheap so if they can continue to deliver these strong numbers you can start to see that cash flow pick up again that free cash flow pick up again then I think the share price will be off to the races but for now probably just going to go through for a hold given where we are in the market at the moment. Okay, all right, a buy and a hold for ACRO. Um, let's
1: move on, uh, Michael, to uh, Liam wants and on lifestyle communities. This is uh, a group that develops and manages uh, basically independent living um Residential land for uh, for over fifty fives retirement living mm-hmm. that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, it's definitely an interesting um, space in property. Uh, there's a lot of you know smart people out there which believe that this particular niche of property uh, is one of the the big growth areas as we come into the future. As we get older. Yeah, the demand yep. it hasn't really. Uh, The demand will pick up significantly as the first of the baby boomers reach 80, um, but the supply hasn't really kicked in just yet. So this particular business lifestyle, um, they've got a bit of a jump on the rest of the market. They seem to have a lot of... Um, a lot of properties that are about to settle or have recently settled, they haven't yet established themselves as a mature business that's delivered you know, consistent earnings. Uh, they've had negative earnings most years, but that seems to be taking a turn for the better. Uh, you do have to be careful that if we do see interest rates go up significantly as as many people are expecting a lot of people and a lot of the big banks and a lot of the economists are expecting decline in housing prices and that might you'd think affect a company such as this uh, as land values come down and house prices come down so you have to be careful of that because that could erode the sentiment for the company had a very good update today basically just reaffirmed its guidance and its earnings and its uh, and its settlement numbers but You just have to be conscious of the fact that if we go through a long term rate rise cycle, that could weigh on a company such as this. So I'm just going to give it a a sell just because I feel as though you'll be able to have another bite of the cherry down the track, whether it be in this or or something else.
2: Okay, Uh, Carl. Yeah, look, I like I like the business. I Probably can't add a whole lot to what Michael said, but it it is um, probably just it's a very it's got a very geographically narrow focus. It's sort of that uh, Melbourne Geelong corridor. Um, So maybe that's that does give elevate the risks somewhat, uh, just because. You know, there's there's that lack of diversification. But otherwise, you know, they've done so well. Obviously, um, COVID, uh, you know, slowed them down because you can't necessarily get out and go see the centres and there's uncertainty that it creates and uh, slows down sales a little bit. But, you know, they're they're coming out of that pretty well. Um, This chart, coincidentally, and you wouldn't, naturally bring the two together, but you look at say ordinate on the chart and you look at this one on the chart and they effectively turn down at exactly the same time. You can see it there, clear as day. So basically the top on this coincides again with that NASDAQ top. And you might say, hey, why would lifestyle go down? It's not a a tech company. Well, it has a a high degree of gearing. It's just the nature of the business. Obviously, you've got to build these places and then you've got to sell them. So you need a lot of debt and then obviously you pay back that debt over time. Um, And and with interest rates going from, you know, very, very low, as probably about one you know, percent to three, three and a half percent over here in Australia. In that time frame, that's explaining why the price has gone down. So uh, we've actually seen yields just sort of pull back a little bit over the last couple of nights, probably causing that little bit of a bounce there. Obviously, I had an update that's helping as well. Um, uh, yeah, so it's, I guess it's another one on our shopping list. There's another one we like. We're very interested, but until that chart picks up, we probably uh, can't get involved. I'm not as bearish. I think as Michael, I think there's enough in it to hold it now because um, a very strong performance over last two days uh, gives me enough confidence to call it a hold uh, okay. but it's not a buy
1: all right uh, Darren Carl wants a view on Novanix uh, Darren says seems to be falling out of favor is there a good company worth buying under this falling knife it's uh, in the lithium-ion battery industry
2: space yeah, so falling out of favor, yes. Is there a good company? Yes. Is it worth buying under the falling knife? No. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's it. Question, All right. <laughs> question answered. Um, so Novonix, again, it's it's that NASDAQ uh, reversal. So, again, um, the top performing stock, the top performing stock uh, on the ASX in 2021. I would suggest it's probably one of the worst performings uh, now in 2022. And it does, again, the cautionary tale of be careful following all the chat room rhetoric and chasing shiny new things but at some stage the lack of demand of new demand coming in to keep that momentum going hits up against the accumulated profits. Uh, so when I started talking about this on the call it was 273 I called it a buy and we wrote it all the way up but then you had these huge sell signals coming in around that top around um, in late November there December and then followed up by a further bunch of sell, sell signals at the start of this year. You know, we, I was on again client, client webinars telling clients it's time to, to exit this one. We haven't looked back since and we're not looking at it uh, anytime soon, probably for a buy because the chart still looks horrendous. But just on the progress of the company, they're ticking all the boxes. So when I came on uh, might have been August, I think last year, um, everything that they've said they were going to do since then, they have been doing. Here's mm-hmm. the funny thing, right? The only thing that's changed, they're doing everything they said they are going to do. Nothing's changed operationally. It hasn't gotten worse. The business is not worse. It's still the same, if not better. What's changed is just the momentum. It's just Mm. nobody knew about it. Everybody knew about it. Now nobody, everybody's stuck in it, I think is probably the best way to put it. So um, it's a stock I would like to buy somewhere, some time down the track. I don't think we're far away. Again, on the shopping list, but not a buy.
0: Okay. Michael? Yeah, very interesting company. Um, it was one that I was watching with interest as it was you know, doubling, tripling, quadrupling, and now it's come back a, a lot. Um, and you've probably been hearing, if you've been watching shows like AusBiz, uh, discussion about these long-duration-type assets, and more yep. that probably fits into that basket as well. The story is very good now, but a lot of the value that's being embedded in the share price or was being embedded in the share price was based on earnings well down the track, Um, As interest rates rise, um, essentially people place less value on those future earnings um, and people are less willing to give the the companies the time to really deliver those earnings. So it doesn't matter how well this company is doing or how well they're doing fundamentally, ticking all those boxes that they said they would, the reality is people are just less willing to hold long-duration assets and they would rather hold more stable companies that are delivering earnings now, delivering dividends now, uh, just in this environment. So it's hard to get too excited. It's one maybe to keep on the watch list. And then if we do start to see a recovery in global markets um, and and the share price starts to tick higher, then it's probably the time to look at it. But for now, it's a a no-go. For me, it's a sell.
1: All right. Okay. Uh, sell for you, but keep on the watch list. Yes. Uh, now, next stock. Uh, what have you got on your list? Was it Push Pay or EML? Push Pay. Push Pay. All right. Um, uh, PushPay, of course, is um, you'd call it textile, Michael, would not yeah. you? Yeah. They, um, they actually have a have a platform for um, for churches around the world to take online donations, and mm-hmm. also there's a customer uh, management system. Uh, that churches can use to sort of hit, hit you up for more money.
0: New Zealand-based company, taking yeah, originally, the Originally, that's right. Yes. Uh, it's a company that we held um, yep. going back a while, wrote it up, wrote it a lot of the way down. Uh, we've since exited it just because right. of the current environment as one of the stocks that we thought had to go um, in order to free up some cash. This was sort of the end of last year. Um, basically, it's a company which is looking to replace the need for the old-fashioned collection bowl. You go into yep. church, you can make your donations online tapping your phone, whatever it may be. And then as you said, they've got this platform which then ties in the churches with their, with their management of the church. Whether it yep. be church groups, this and that. People go online, access their church portal and then get engaged. So look, it's enormous in the US. Um, They were signing up a lot of churches and it started to slow, um, surprisingly. Then you also had a change in ownership. One of the founders, a wealthy family from New Zealand, sold down a very large stake, if not all of it in the end of the day. Then there was some executive suite turnover and a lot of the right. business started to change a little bit in terms of who was managing it uh, running the show and who was invested in it um, so that was a bit of a, a turn off and look the company there has been some speculation about an acquisition in the media there hasn't been much detail around that and that's probably what's contributing to the pickup in share price recently Right. Uh, it's not the, the worst business in the world in fact it's, we're quite attracted to it for a lot of reasons but it's not an ultra high growth tech company it's growing around 10% um, its valuation isn't as stretch as many tech companies, so it's, again. It's one you could keep on the watch list. Um, right. If you do start to see the momentum in the business pick up and they start to hit their earnings numbers and forecasts again, it could take off. But the growth in terms of new church acquisitions um, has slowed a lot. New customer acquisitions have slowed a lot, okay. so that's one reason we're off it.
1: Right, uh, Carl. Push pay. You see, terrible chart. Massive drop, but yeah. a kick at the end
2: in recent yeah, times. But... Is that a change in yeah. momentum? I think I think it is a change in momentum for this one. Um, look, this is one we actually got tagged on, yeah. So we it was a really nice chart, and then they had that big profit downgrade. So yeah, yeah, nice chart news out of the Clifed. blue, and uh, yeah. Yep. So so that one we got we got clipped on that on this one, um, but I think it's time now to start looking at it again. So it, it's just just been a little bit off my radar since since that downgrade because all the charts turn and then we, we just go okay sell. Um, but I think the turnaround is real, and I think it's building. So oh. we, we I said how many times it's an today if I said, oh, look, this thing I like, it's on my shopping list, but I have to wait for the chart to pick up. Yep. Okay, well, this is kind of the pattern you need to see on all that other stuff before you get involved. So you need to see uh, obviously downtrend is lower peaks, lower troughs. You want to see high peaks, high troughs. Uh, downtrend is lots of those pesky black candles, goshy. You want to see the white candles coming in. We're seeing that now. So um, uh, volume picking up, telling us that the interest is, is in there and we're, we're trading. See, the, the importance about volume at these lows is as you come down, you've got all this dead wood who's just losing money, yep. losing money, losing Money, lose money. And as the price pops up, some of them are going, oh, hooray, chance to get out. You know. Um, so and for every seller, there's a buy. That's volume, right? Um, so that selling then meets the demand coming in at the lows, and the price action tells you that the demand is overwhelming the supply now. That's when you want to get involved. I actually like this. I think it's a specy buy. I'm not as bearish as Michael on the, on the on the fundamentals. I think there's going to be some reasonable growth in here, but it's a reasonable growth for the valuation now. So pr- before the valuation was, was high, growth was high. Okay. Valuation's okay. lower, growth's a bit lower. I, I think they're, they're, they're in sort of lockstep. I'm okay with it. So I'm going to go speculative. If buy it not a portfolio position risk money bet uh, on a bit of a turnaround play, play here on pushback okay and we'll have
1: to uh, get through this last one pretty quickly because we're running out no of worries. time uh carl carly wants a view on seek the big uh, employment marketplace not only here in australia but asia pacific and latin america as well yeah,
2: look a little bit like push pay in that I think there's some early signs that this might be turning around. Obviously, it's one of those tech stocks. It's been knocked up with yeah. the, the Nasdaq um, uh, decline, but the very, very solid business here. And of course, uh, when uh, the employment market is so strong, Goshi, yeah. p- people want to change jobs, right? It's too, it's so easy just to just to go, uh, you know, to the next one and the next one, and the next one, um, and that means job ads. It means once somebody leaves you, you've got to advertise uh, to get someone else. So I think there's going to be plenty of support there for the, uh, in, the, in, the in the short to medium term valuation looks pretty um, reasonable on this. We've got a, a, about a 10% upside on our fair value target. I think it's a very, very solid hold. Again, shopping this stuff, lead the chart to turn up to get to a buy. Okay.
0: Michael? Yes, Seek's one we've held for a very long time, done very well off. Obviously, it's come back a long way recently, but it's a very high quality business that we're happy to keep as a core position in, in all portfolios, really. Um, it's done very well in diversifying the business away from its reliance on Australia to very growth emerging markets overseas. It now generates almost as much revenue from overseas businesses as it does from Australia, but the margins aren't as high. Seems to have China under
1: control now.
0: That's right. Um, They've also got almost a, a private equity type investment arm where they invest in a lot of related businesses um, early stage so their earnings have been depressed for a long time as they've invested in growth markets Uh, we think that over time not only will those investments come off but their moves into Asia and and Latin America will really start to pay dividends so we're happy to have this one as a a long term buy again notwithstanding the fact that in the short term it could have some more weakness but if you're taking a two three year view we're happy to buy that Okay
1: all right. Uh, let's just recap the final five stocks Acro, a buy from Carl a hold from Michael uh, Lifestyles, a hold from uh, Carl, a sell from Michael uh, Novodix uh, basically on the watch list of both of them at, at the moment good business um, not at this stage though Michael would, would get out of it if you hold it you probably get it cheaper but a good business going forward uh, Push pay uh, on Michael's watch list, not at the moment though, uh, Carl has it as a Speculative buy starting to see momentum increase, uh, and it's a hold from uh, from Carl on Seek and a long-term buy from Michael. Carl Capoligo, great to see you again. Thanks for joining us here on the call. Always great to have you aboard. Thanks, Wayne. Absolutely. Thanks, Commissioner. And, and likewise, Michael Wayne from Adadian Financial. Good to Thanks see you. Thanks for having me. Um, if you want any stocks for me to put to uh, to our expert panel, put them in an email to call at osbiz.com today or tweet us using the at osbiz Aus T- TV handle. Uh, you can see all the stocks in the calls, uh, fantasy portfolio at osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. <laughs>